Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to the 100 Foot Jesus Podcast. This is episode seven. Uh, my name is Christian Genius Billionaire. I mean, oh, wait, <laughs> that's what Kanye's calling himself, maybe. Uh, no, my name is Matt, and I, as always, am your host. Um, like I always like to say, uh, thank you guys for supporting the show. This response, again, has been so much more than we had expected originally. Um, I don't really know what to expect when you start a podcast, when you just kind of sit, click a microphone on and talk. But it's been really cool, just the conversations we've got to have. Um, One thing that I think is kind of fun about this is 100 Foot Jesus has sort of became the uh, gateway drug to the podcast world for a lot of you guys. Um, some people I know personally, there's a lot of people listening to this I don't know, but the people I know personally have kind of discovered the world of podcast media just through turning this on every Monday or whatever day people may listen to it. So I appreciate the heck out of you guys. Um, Emily, my wife and I, she's on episode four, by the way, if you want to listen back. Um, we always talk about this, but every single listen that we have, every single listener is a huge deal to us. Um, just anyone who just gives time to listen to a full episode or just um, comment, leave reviews, um, talk to us in person, send a text, whatever. Man, you guys are a huge deal to us, and I just cannot thank you enough. Um, we're new to this, and as you can see, the audio gets better every episode-ish because uh, we're just kind of guessing, testing, figuring all this kind of thing out. But again, Man, you guys are the show. You guys are the show. I wouldn't record every Monday or Sunday or whenever we record if it weren't for you. So thank you. So today, um, today's episode is about doubt. Yes, the word doubt. Um, I know it's a tough word within Christianity sometimes, but it's the word doubt. Um, I'm going to kind of share some stories about myself, how at one point I put my faith in something really big, um, and it didn't really work out like I hoped it would. And then I started to search for certain um, topics and help on the internet, and then that hurt things a little bit more. So let's... uh, Get right into it. I'm going to bring up a name of somebody that those of you who have like been in the Christian faith, you know exactly who this dude is. And those of you guys who are newer to it, or you don't really care about you know the the well known faith guy uh, culture, you won't know. But um, the guy's name is, and he's still around, Rob Bell. I loved Rob Bell back in the day. Um, I used to have a podcast, I mean, not a podcast, sorry. I used to have a blog back when people read blogs. Those of you guys who are still doing blogs, man, keep rolling. That's awesome. But um, I would, I'll never try it again. Uh, but anyway, um, I used to have a blog and it was called 100footjesus.com. 100, you know, it was my, it was, it was my, Thing I just wrote on whenever I got an idea. There was no set schedule, and um, it was a cool blog. I, I, you know, I, I got similar to this in a way. Um, you know, I had some good views, that kind of thing, and I got to connect with some people. Um, at one point, I was like 
recognized as one of the most popular Christian blogs on the internet. I have no idea why. My grammar was horrendous. My content wasn't all that biblical a lot of times, but people liked it. I don't know. But I had one blog post I I wrote years ago, um, and it was called this. Rob Bell was my pastor until he wasn't. A little background behind what happened. Um, so I wrote this blog post one day. This is after a big controversy, which I'll get to here in a minute, happened with Rob Bell. And um, I, I just I just had to share my feelings because I was kind of hurt by some stuff, and I had a big learning experience. Um, at that time, a good blog post would have like 100 page views, you know, Um a bad blog post would have like 25, whatever. So I typed this up. This is before like the big Facebook share days. It was just basically people Googled it. They found it, whatever. And um, I typed this blog post up and I leave it and I go to a million meetings because I was like teaching pastor at a church at the time. And I went through all that kind of stuff. And then I um, go back to my computer later on that evening and I looked and in a matter of hours, it had over 2,000 views. And I'm like, that's crazy. Um, it got shared on all the Christian sites, relevant, all that kind of stuff like that. And then like there was like 5,000 views eventually. And it got so popular because a lot of people kind of felt what I felt. So um, a little bit about uh, Rob Bell. Rob Bell was a really popular pastor at this church called in Grand Rapids called Mars Hill Bible Church. Um, he was cool. He had these amazingly cool glasses, and he was just the hippest guy in the world. His way of delivering a sermon to this day, I think, is the best I've ever heard. And I know some of you guys, you hated it. It was annoying to you. But like, I thought, man, his way of delivering a sermon is the best I've ever heard, ever. I'm talking Matt Chandler. I'm talking Billy Graham. I'm talking Steve Furtick, anybody. I think he's the best preacher I've ever heard. Um, so, so I got into him. Um, I was in Bible college. As most of you guys know, I was a, in this story, um, I was a very new Christian. I decided to go into being a pastor. I didn't know a lot at that point, but I kind of, um, just wanted to, you know, what do I teach people? So I remember I'm sitting in my office on my old PC and I'm wondering what am I supposed to talk about? when people show up looking for big answers from me, you know, like these people want answers from a pastor. So what do I say? So, um, so then I'm sitting in my office, I'm a pastor now, and this is after college, all that kind of thing. And then I do what any respective man would do at the time. I yahooed it. Google wasn't really a big deal yet at the time. I yahooed it. And I found something called Numa. Numa was a 22-volume groundbreaking DVD series by the coolest guy ever named Rob Bell. So I bought a few of those DVDs, and I plugged them in, I watched them, and I was blown away, man. Like, it wasn't like what Christians make. Like, it was, like, good quality. The music was hip and cool. It was by indie bands that you're not cool enough to even, like, know who they are. You know, the kind like you'd clout chase and you'd pretend you know who they are, like a band like, you know, some indie name like uh, the Flat Tire Foundation or something. I made that up. But I mean, like like something cool like that. 
So like the music was cool. The cinematography was just brilliant. And it was like, and, and everything Rob Bell said, man, on the subject, it was like poetry. 22 different subjects. And it was all just really, really amazing. So I thought it was great. Um, so then I decided to check him out even more and he had a book and it was called Velvet Elvis and Velvet Elvis was amazing. It just had this rhythm to it. This book, it talked about, you know, faith and, and there was a controversy around it. I remember he made this statement that I should have like, I don't know, but he made this statement that what if the Virgin Mary wasn't a virgin? Would you still follow Jesus? And the answer is, well, yeah, but he was trying to say, if the Bible's not true, is God still God? It was a controversy. I look past it I'm like, whatever. He had another book come out. It was called Sex God. I still recommend this to people, by the way, even, you know, from what where the story's going to end. I still do. But it was basically this idea that within the Garden of Eden, um, there was no sin, so there was no shame. And, and so... Adam and Eve, they, you know, they, they, they weren't ashamed of even being naked all the time, which that's a weird topic, whatever. Anyway, they, they had no real shame about them in their life. And I, and then, you know, I read that book. I thought it was amazing. Um, he had this book called Jesus wants to save Christians. That was very much all about, you know, America is like the Roman empire. Don't fall too in love with stuff. Thought it was great. So I started to really start to teach his stuff like some of his theological concepts I began bringing up in sermons and people really responded to it because it was very anti-religion, but it was very much personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And everything he was saying to me checked out with the Bible, which I should have been more, more discerning than that, but I just thought it was great. Um, we had a small group that grew and grew and grew because what we did was we showed the NUMA videos from Rob Bell. And so we would show these videos, and at the end of it, it would create conversation with brand new Christians, not Christians yet. People of the church would typically not be for, in a way, I guess society would say. And we would talk and talk and talk and talk, and it was awesome. I was listening to all the Rob Bell podcasts from his church, and like he would preach for an hour <laughs> on like one verse. Um, typically, I'll be honest with you, at this point, I now understand it wasn't extremely biblical. He would say what the essence of the verse was, and they would kind of talk about social justice for an hour. And it wasn't really what the text was saying, but again, it spoke to me. So um, then, after all that, Rob Bell releases this book. And by the way, I could not be endorsing him more as a pastor at this point. He releases a brand new book called Love Wins. And I thought, well, Love Wins. I mean, of course. I even had a Love Wins bumper sticker because he had a popular sermon called Love Wins. So I was like, okay. And then um, I pre-ordered it, and it got all this controversy because it was about hell. Now, the topic of hell, I understand some of you guys are going to check out on my view here, but it's not my view, it's what the Bible says. Hell's real. Like, if you die without being in covenant with, with Christ, if you die without Him giving you His righteousness and taking away your sin, you will go to hell. You may be upset that I'm saying that, but again disagree with God, not me. That's just, but anyway, in Rob Bell's book, he discussed the idea that he called, he said, hell is empty. No one goes to hell. It's not a real thing. And he, and, um, I, I, again, I spent so much time endorsing him, loving him, wanting to be like him, you know, emulating this guy. 
that I kind of like, no, it can't be like that. So I pre-ordered the book and like, I am going to read this for myself. So I opened it and I was completely saddened. I read the entire book in a day and it was really poorly thought out. Um, it was barely backed by actual scripture. It was mostly his feelings on subjects. Um, I thought it was a selfish thing to do to his congregation because as history now will show, his congregation was a huge church. It shrunk massively when their pastor came out and said, God has no judgment on people anymore. God just lets whatever be whatever. God doesn't have wrath. There is no hell. Anyone who says there is, they're lying to you. Everyone goes to heaven. And so he was rejecting the basic tenets of Christianity at that point. I remember sitting in my office thinking, can I keep endorsing him? Can I keep teaching what Rob Bell has to say? And then I, I, I thought, my pastor let me down. Then years later, um, it, he had more things he started to say. It was felt needs justice things. As he was saying, what God says about sexuality isn't true anymore. He said it was outdated, that the Bible's outdated. And it's not true any longer. Um, and I noticed something. I was saying, man, Rob Bell's not my pastor anymore. And then I realized something much bigger about Rob Bell. He never really was, and it was my fault for making Rob Bell my pastor. Guys, I didn't know Rob Bell. Never met him. Wanted to, never met him. Well, saw him live once, didn't get to do the meet and greet. We had a new, we had a new baby. <laughs> um, I thought he was cool. I read his stuff. I heard his stuff. I saw stuff he had to say, but I didn't know him. And and I would listen to popular pastors of the time, and I would always think, man, like this guy's my pastor, but he wasn't. See, what I realized is Rob Bell wasn't my pastor. He didn't owe me an apology at all. Like he didn't owe me an apology and I don't owe him one either for being upset. We both need to submit to what scripture actually says. And I need to stop buying into totally what someone else says. I, I fell victim to hero worship a little bit, but it was all on me. I wasn't trusting the Bible for exactly what the book is or who God is. I was trusting the Bible based upon what I really, really hoped um, it was saying, and it endorsed this guy I really like. So no matter what he did, some of you guys have seen this. You've had Bible teachers of yours. Maybe your pastor fell into some scandal, or maybe someone you really love that identified as a Christian completely fell, and you wanted to justify everything they did because you're like, nope, I know that person, and then you couldn't. You put your faith in the wrong thing. That was when I realized, I'm not sure if I had faith in Jesus. I think I had faith in some principles and some standards and some teachings, but I don't know if I had a relationship fully with Jesus yet. Um, after the break, I'm going to tell you where it went from bad to worse, <laughs> and then where God got me after that. So here's th where things went kind of from bad to worse. Um, so the kind of during this time, I was really trying to find out who I was. Some of you guys, you're a Christian, but you don't really, you don't have tools to like study the Bible on your own yet. Like you wouldn't even know where to start and you're afraid to ask. 
I, even as a pastor who preached pretty much every week, <laughs> um, still didn't really understand what it was to be a Christian. Like I listened to other people's views and had conversations, but man, I didn't really realize what does it mean to be a Christian? Like, what does it mean to have a relationship with God? And maybe you've been a Christian for a long time and you're hearing me right now and you're like, dude, I don't know what it means to have a relationship with God. Well, this was kind of me. So, um, so when I was going to preach on a subject, I did what a lot of people do. I would, again, I would Yahoo it, not Google it. And I came across this little thing that the internet used to hold true and probably it's still real. Um, Yahoo Answers. Anybody remember Yahoo Answers? Yeah, I do. <laughs> so Yahoo Answers was like, literally, I'd be like, you know, oh, well, the the story of Christmas, I'll preach on Christmas this year. And then the Yahoo Answers person would be, Yahoo Answers was filled with angry atheists. I don't mean atheists are like, believe what you want to believe, that's fine, but don't throw it on me. I mean, like, God's not real and I hate you, like militant, angry, guerrilla warfare atheists. So I would read stuff, and it would question God. And when I say question God, dude, I mean, like, it would, like, just in a smug way, maybe a humorous way, whatever, it would tear apart every little tenet of the faith that I didn't have any foundation to answer these questions for. And I would be like, oh, my gosh. Guys, full confession, I was a pastor that was preaching and leading small groups and and trying to meet with people one-on-one, -on -one, and I would spend so many office hours in a given month reading articles from Yahoo Answers, just regular dudes, about how there is no God. I would come home. <laughs> I would come home, and my wife would ask how my day was, and I didn't have the heart to tell her, sweetie, I... I don't know if I believe anymore. Like, I'm not sure. I remember once sitting in my office, you know, um, I had this little office behind one of the places where we had worship services right before a, uh, right, right before a sermon. And like, we had a packed house. It was all going to be really good. People are expecting me to say the next big thing, whatever. And I remember thinking like, am I about to lie to people? Like, am I about to give people hope in something that I don't have hope in, that I don't really believe in? Because, gosh, like, can I lie? Like, am I going to be like those, um, I don't know if you ever saw the movie Leap of Faith. Um, it's this movie, Leap of Faith, where this guy's like this, like, shyster, and he goes around faith-healing people, and he, and he does all this, like, stuff for folks, um, and then they throw money at him. And then he, you know, at the end, he counts the money up and he's like, yeah, he makes a career off of lying to people. I didn't want to be that guy, but Yahoo answers was telling me there is no God, or if there is a God, he's not the one I believe in. And it was hard, man. So I just went in this season of doubt. Um, I started picking up some books, uh, 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 one book I would really recommend, um, it's by, I think, it, Greg Boyd. It's it's called Letters to a Skeptic. It's about these letters he writes back and forth between his dad. His dad was bringing up these ans these questions that I kept having, and he would give an actual scientific, historic, whatever answer for it. That helped a little bit for me. Um, and then, of course, you know, I would read, um, you know, The Case for Christ. And The Case for Christ was 
this book about this atheist who who would like who he went in with the idea he went in with this idea of well it's by a guy named Lee Strobel. He went with this idea of, I'm going to disprove in my writing as journalist that there is no God. And the more he kept finding out there was a God and he is in the person of Jesus Christ. And so I would read things like that. I would read Christ for the Creator. I would read some books on the other side of things. And then I, then I just, the more and more I read, I'm like, I can't deny that God is who he is. So then I started developing this real personal relationship with God. Um, I mentioned on another episode a lot of this centered around when the book, um, and I know I'm talking about books that aren't the Bible. You guys are like, you're, you're so easily misled. You're right. No, uh, not really anymore, but I was. Um, but when the book um, Crazy Love by Francis Chan came out, I realized that, dude, I am just lukewarm. I am not on fire for Jesus. Like I preach things, I read things, but I don't obey them. And then I realized that I need to have a real relationship with God. So I remember I sat there in my office on my knees praying. And I am sobbing like the like my shirt is like soaking wet with tears. And I'm just saying, God, I know you're there, Lord. I know who you are. I believe in the Father. I believe the Spirit guides me. And I believe the Son died for me. And I believe that this book, all 66 books of this scripture are true, Lord. God, help me stop with my unbelief all the time. Help me stop. So, at that moment, I realized that I need to have a growing relationship with Jesus. Um, I've mentioned the phrase before that people say, when did you become a Christian? And my answer now is, dude, being a Christian is being more Christ-like. I'm still becoming a Christian. Like I work out my salvation, as the scripture says, um, with, you know, with, with trembling, I work out my salvation. God, you did this for me, but Lord, where do I come in on this? I know I can't earn it, but what do I do now that I have it? Um, it reminds me of this story where, so Jesus chose 12 people out of the billions upon billions who have ever lived. Jesus told, chose 12 dudes. One was of course, um, Judas, Judas betrays him to death. You have Peter, who pretends not to know him. And then another dude named Thomas, who we all kind of know Thomas. Like, uh, there's one section earlier after he's a chosen disciple where Thomas tells Jesus, man, I'll go and die with you, you know. But then here's what happens. Um, this, is, uh, this is John. This is, uh, this is the book of John. Let's see. It's uh, chapter 20. And it's chapter 20. And... This is after Jesus dies. Um, they all think there's no hope. And then all of a sudden they start to hear that that Jesus is going to return. Um, he's back from the dead. He appears to some disciples, but Thomas wasn't around at the time. Thomas is a thinker. Thomas wants to be right. Uh, this is um, verse 24 in John 20. He says, it says, Now Thomas, who was also named Didmus, one of the twelve was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, And unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were, and I put my hand in his side, I will not believe. He wants evidence. Like some of you guys, you want evidence. Like, I'll believe in God 
if I have evidence. That's kind of where I was. I want to know what to believe, but these people are telling me to believe something else. So what is it? So it says this. A week later, his disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he came to Thomas. Put your finger here. (laughs) See my hands. Reach out your hand and put it in my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, My Lord, my God. Then Jesus said, Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who who have not seen and yet believe. Okay. How does Jesus deal with his tough questions? His doubt. How does Jesus deal with it? Does he slap him? Does he say, Get out of my face? Nah, man. Jesus walks up to him and he's like, Oh, you want to see the, the, the my wounds? Come here. Here, here. I want you to uh, look at them. And better yet, I want you to stick your finger in my, my wound. Like, get up in there, dude. Go ahead. It's all good. Get up in there. I want to show you. Kind of gross. But Jesus is being extreme here because he's, I mean, he's saying like, you, and he's saying, you're going to believe me now. So I need you to stop doubting and believe. Sometimes, guys, There is worship in the asking. Some of you guys have never owned your faith. Like you have your mom's faith, your dad's faith, my faith, some of you guys, mine, (laughs) um, other people's, but you have never owned your own faith. Like when it comes down to it, you may not actually have a relationship with Christ, but the people around you do. And maybe, just maybe, about to get real here, here it comes, You think on the day of judgment that God is going to make it a group project and you and all your best friends you go to church with or whatever will get to come up there together and he'll say, I knew all you guys, go on in. He might look at you and say, huh, you know, I knew your sister. I was really close to her. Or I knew your grandma. I knew your brother. I knew your best buddy Bevo over there, but I didn't know you. I never had a relationship with you. You were around people with a relationship with me, but dude, I never knew you. Guys, I was a pastor, and he would have said that to me. Some of you guys, if you're driving right now, maybe you got to pull over. If you're running right now, maybe you got to take a break. Take a break anyway. Running's torture. Um, You're cleaning, whatever you got going on. Maybe you need to have a conversation with God right now and say, do I know you? Like, am I going through motions because I'm supposed to, or do I really know you? Guys, I have to have that conversation with God pretty often. I don't doubt him anymore, but I got questions that I want answered from his word. Sometimes I don't get them from his word, so I have to pray and get answers. And sometimes I won't get answers anyway, because God doesn't always provide answers, but he does provide a savior. Maybe that's what you need. Anyway, that's my story uh, for this week on episode seven. If you guys would, um, please uh, subscribe to this podcast, whatever platform you use, if you can subscribe on. I know some are limiting. Um, If you guys could leave a five-star review, that would be awesome, just to kind of get the word out. Leave a uh, verbal review on either Facebook or, um, if you guys could, or on Apple Podcasts or wherever else you may be able to do that, and that'd be a big help too. Thank you guys so much. And if there's something you want me to talk about one week, hit me up and request it. Love you guys so much. Thanks.